when when have we seen a sponsor come back to the table after you know highest and best gets put out there yes i I found that very interesting welcome to the john jonathan sell nyc podcast where experienced expert new york city real estate brokers john gastaska and jonathan conlin break down what's happening in the market what you need to know whether you're a buyer seller or agent and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way In this week's episode, John and Jonathan discuss the highs and lows of their experiences this week in New York City's real estate market, as well as the differences in the statistics we are hearing between the national market and what's happening here in Manhattan. Sometimes the real estate market across the country and here in New York City are similar, but right now they couldn't be more different. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, How you doing, John? Jonathan, I couldn't be better. Good. good. And yourself? I'm doing all right. Welcome back to our John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. Numero seis. Mm-hmm. Seis. Si, senor. Good. We're going to do today's all in Spanish. Uh, Senor, si. Because I exhausted my Spanish uh, vocabulary. So, (laughs) um, welcome back. Today, we're going to obviously talk about the market. Um, and then the topic for today is to examine the New York City housing market and the national market at large, because we do hear a lot about national statistics, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, I think it uh, is a little bit different than what we're experiencing here in the city. Just a wee tiny little bit different, Mr. Collin. A smidgen. Just a smidgen different, yes. But I think that it's an incredibly important topic, and I'm so glad that I came up with it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was going to say, and I'm so glad that you had the idea. We talk about the market every week, but you know, it, it is in contrast with what what people are seeing if they're watching the national news. There are so many, like you said, so many different reports, so much information out. How is this not affecting New York City? Because New York City is on one side of the fence and the the, the nation is on the other. And I would venture to say that not only New York City, but very large metropolitan areas. So before we go ahead and let's bring people up to date on our week, because I want to hear all about you. I just have to say one thing to you. This week, I think you've found your color. Oh, you like the orange? I have one. I, it's one of the most handsome colors. I, on you. That's your color. You're a fall or a spring. Well, I think you look exceptionally handsome today. So with that, let's dive into the data, shall we? So where do we want to begin, bud? How was your week? What are you working on? And what are you feeling that the market's about? What are you experiencing? And I'll tell you my there hasn't been uh, not a big difference from what we touched on last week, but I think we'll dive a little bit deeper this week. Still very slow in terms of in-person showings, um, but I will say we had our uh, signed contract this week on a deal. Uh, Excellent. Yes. That um, I was thrilled with. It's a good deal. It's not at some significant discount. It is an apartment that we, you know, uh, I'm not surprised that it's sold because it's a ground floor duplex with a back garden. Big backyard, um, yeah. Big backyard, which obviously is coveted right now. Uh, I am in a couple of negotiations, one at a higher price point, uh, which is uh, interesting to see. Uh, 
uh, this particular buyer, a uh, client of mine, um, we we made an offer on one building. And when we finally got down to brass tacks, the sponsor said, thanks, no thanks. This is, you know, this is where we're at. And said, okay, you know, fine. That was maybe a week ago. And I got a phone call last night from the uh, the sales rep saying, mm, how about uh, how about this number? You yeah. know, so actually bidding against themselves. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, you know, time is the biggest deal killer. We talk about that uh, in our team meetings. And, and if you lose the momentum for these buyers, especially if it's somebody that has multiple options on the table, um, but even if it's something in a, an apartment or a home that somebody's one of our buyer has fallen in love with, if it drags on and on, the butterflies. It, well, the butterflies—they just—it it loses. Well, they the fly away, is what I'm saying. I mean, they fly away. They—they they lose interest. They're butterflies. They don't they, have butterflies in their stomach. They have another apartment. They, might, they might even flutter. They, they flutter. Yeah, you flutter. Um, exactly. They flutter uh, away. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna delve into this flower. There's plenty of big apartments on the market. I thought it very interesting. I would um, hire you. When when have we seen a sponsor come back to the table after you know highest and best gets put out there? Yeah, so I, I found that very interesting. Um, how about you? How was your week, Joe? Each day in our business, it's different. Uh, we can either latch on to the fact that uh, that there is um, you know that blanket statement, nothing's going on. I think it's extremely counterproductive, and. One of the things that I think is extremely important for people like you and me and our team is to keep at the forefront of the fact that this is yet another real estate cycle, period. And you and I have weathered, I've weathered four, you and I have weathered three different cycles together that at the time we were scared, we didn't know what we were doing, but what did we do? We did what we knew to do. And then we expanded and we did, we went above and beyond and we simply plowed through it. We did what we could do when we could get our hands on things, let go of the results. Sometimes the business was stronger than other times, but the business always came around. I do think that this kind of market climate, unfortunately, will weed out a lot of real estate agents who simply cannot survive, period. And when you have 30,000 agents in New York City, I say that very lightly, but that there, there's simply people who cannot, that catchphrase pivot in this kind of an environment. You asked me how my week was, we counseled one seller and we told him just that. The apartment has crickets. There's no calls and no requests to show the apartment. Well, based on what we're hearing within the context of our firm, there's more than likely 10 to 15% off of these asking prices, depending on the price points. The higher up you go, the more, the more room for discounting. So if we were to reprice the home in COVID environment, we go at this price right now. And Mr. Seller, even at that price, the market may not respond. Clients who were, I was working with as buyers, they, we pivoted, Pat put them into a rental. Good for us. So we got them into a rental. They're very, very happy. That's great. I have my buyer, my low-end buyer who was the, who retreated. He couldn't take it. He was too nervous being in the co-op arena. And he has some 
issues here and there with his balance sheet, whatever, but he's got money. He, we're now going to look for condos for this guy starting on Monday. Second of all, our high, uh, uh, my high-end buyer, who I've been with for eight, nine years, yeah, but I believe I'm going to nail him in something next Tuesday, whether it's a big rental or a big sale. So we have people who are slowly coming into the market, looking for yeah. the deal. What, I, we listed that beautiful rental now on the Upper West Side, turnkey rental, um, and we're continuing to list, and we're starting to get now uh, – showings, good showings on a new listing, one bedroom with an outdoor space. Again, the outdoor space seems to be the coveted commodity in this market. If you've listened to the news lately, many analysts and news anchors are talking about low interest rates, lower inventory, and the boom in the housing market the country as a whole is seeing right now. But if you take a look at what's happening here in Manhattan, things are a little different. In this next segment, John and Jonathan discuss their thoughts on why the housing recovery has been so much slower here than the rest of the country and when they expect things to pick up again. That leads me to talking about the topic for today, which is how does the national real estate market relate to the Manhattan real estate market? Does it have any bearing on our market? Does it not? Is Manhattan solely an island unto itself? Or are there patterns which could influence our market? And so with that, I'd like to just use an example and how we got to this topic, because you and I have been able to, through our coaching, hear concrete data from brokers from around the country. And unanimously, with the exception of certain metropolitan markets, housing is leading the economy out of this steep recession. You know, when we, we have a second quarter numbers that are down 33%, you know, it's the steepest drop in the history of record keeping. And then we have unemployment. We have millions and millions, what is it? 30 million Americans out of work. And we have more people slowly coming back to work and benefits that are drying up now. So there's all of this like, okay, serious unemployment. And then the housing market is going like gangbusters. We have 3% interest rates, 2% if you take the ARM product. And it's like, hey, wait a minute, what's up? Because Manhattan is completely opposite of that. Do you see any kind of similarity between the rest of the country and New York City. In a recession, uh, typically, people buy real estate. And I think that's what we're seeing on a national level is people are pulling their money out from wherever they have it invested and getting out of those volatile markets, and they put it in a hard asset, real estate being the number one thing. And so it normally is real estate that pulls us out of these recessions, pulls us out of these because it's a People need a place to live. You have to pay to live somewhere. I don't think that necessarily applies in Manhattan real estate at all times because we have uh, a, a lot of other factors that come into play. Um, uh, and one of the things that makes it less attainable is obviously the, the starting points, starting prices being so high, but then also with the co-ops and condos, 
where you have to put 20 or 25% down in most cases also eliminates the, it, 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 it truncates the population that can afford to do that. Um, but I think seeing the national statistics, that makes much more sense to me than what's going on in Manhattan right now in one regard, but knowing all the other caveats that come into the Manhattan real estate world, I'm not surprised. I think a lot of it leads back to population density and the type of housing that we have. That's correct. That's the number the biggest, one. And the biggest problem that we have right now is a pandemic that is transmitted through the air, through touch. So if you live in a in a very densely populated neighborhood or city general city and not only is it densely populated but you live within you, you're in a vertical living situation which yeah. is 95% of our housing here where you yeah. have to share an elevator with somebody it's not like you just you're you're living in row houses and and you, you know, you live right next to somebody. No, you got to get in. You got to walk through the same space to get to your space. Yeah. It only makes sense. And I think for me, it's the number one reason why Manhattan is outside of the, the realm of, uh, of what we're seeing nationally. It's, it's one of the biggest factors. So one of the statistics that, that is always tracked is called the absorption rate. The absorption rate is always in a factor of how many months it will take to sell or transact all of the real estate inventory that's on the market at any given time. So basically what they do is they look at uh, the average amount of sales, transactions that are happening over the past, I don't know, they probably do six months or something, take that average number of sales, and then versus how many uh, how many pieces of real estate are on the market at any given time. So that gives you a balance of, so for instance, if there's 10 transactions done on a monthly basis and there's 100 houses on the market right now, that would be 10 months of supply. So the absorption rate, if you look at the, the balance, right, between supply and demand, that's really what we're talking about with the absorption rate. A balance would be somewhere between, you know, uh, six and eight months of of inventory. That's what we want to strive for to have that that nice balance between the number of properties on the market and how many buyers are out there looking to buy and transact. So we're at about seven months of supply for the co-op side and about ten point eight for condominium side, which makes sense because all of the new development inventory that's out there are all condominiums. So. We talk about the mix, the overall mix of our inventory on the island of Manhattan is about 65, 70% co-ops and 30, 35% uh, condos. Um, that's the inventory altogether, not what's on the market at any given time. We have more condominium inventory because all those new development properties are all condominiums. So, but what's interesting is when you break it out by price point, and we mentioned this last week, the higher the price point you go, there's a lot more inventory. So at its peak, we're north of, when you're north of 10 million, uh, the condominium, there's three years of inventory on the market. In the peak, the national absorption rate was over a year of inventory on the market. Okay. So in 2009, 2010. Now with 
if you look at the graphs that we've looked at, we had obviously a demand, huge national demand went down immediately in April. And then what did it do? Then it started to creep up as soon as people, it, it was almost like it was as steep as the decline in the stock market. But then it started to, with more money flooded into the system, then the rates were just coming down, 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 and people started to buy. As you had said, they pivoted. They said, we're getting out of the big metropolitan area. We're going to move the money. Or we're going we're gonna to leave the stock market and we're going to buy the hard asset. In June, the absorption rate is 4.7 months. So nationally, we have major amounts of shortage. shortage. Yeah. If you look at the smaller markets, you look at um, markets outside the metropolitan cities, um, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, everybody's on fire. There yeah. are multiple bids. It is, a, it is a seller's market. So you need to list your home for sale. You are in a really good position. Well, I think one of the main factors in looking at New York City's market versus the national market as a whole is we have factors here that, that the rest of the nation doesn't have right? The vertical living, the population density, et cetera. For the vast majority of the nation, that's unique. Um, what's enticing and what's, what's good to see is that it is happening elsewhere. That's and I think stuff. we're just delayed to see it here. So I do think that's a positive thing. And we hear it from our clients. I mean, I, I know when I speak to all of my buyers that I was looking with pre-COVID, they're not telling me that they're not coming back to the city. Right. They're telling me we're not coming back yet. We will be back. There's an unwavering uh, a desire to come back to New York City. Um, but like I said before, New York City doesn't really exist right now as we love it. It is there as an island, obviously, but it's not. It's there physically. But all of the things that we love about it, population density being one of them, the energy that comes with yeah. that population density is non-existent right now. I've heard stories below, well below a million dollars. So let's say, I would say probably 550 and below, where you're talking about a studio and entrance market, a studio buyer, or a convertible one bedroom or a small one bedroom home that's tied to the interest rates, that's where our market is. Well, below one five and down, it's robust. That's what's moving our market. Um, what are, the only additional caveat I would say is the apartments that are moving are the ones that don't need work. Because yes. in this sort of a market environment, the buyers want to just, okay, I will buy it. Bring your suitcases. I, yeah, I just want to bring my suitcase and my toothbrush my furniture, I don't want to have to, this added pain in the neck of doing a renovation. And we're going to have this apartment on 37th Street, which we've, we've talked about before, where it's going through a major renovation. I have high hopes that that's going to trade very well, because it's going to be an entry-level apartment. It could be good. It's big enough for a, 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 even a couple to live there. Um, and it's going to be totally renovated for somebody. So I think something like that. Uh, that market will, oh, it, it is always the one that continues to move. But that renovation is always a sticking point in those entry level because you're dealing with people that that really are probably working 
in, in our com- hyper-competitive market, they're working a lot right now. Plus, people, you have the added caveat of people working from home. Well, if I work from home, how am I going to do a renovation on my apartment that only has one bathroom? One other little thing is people wanting a space to work, to set up that home office. Yes. You, got a, little, you got a little bit larger living room where a corner can be used as easily be used as a, a workspace. Very That's good point. Very good point. In our big one bedroom on 64th, you have that gallery that could easily yeah. be a home office. Big plus. We were already in a declining market for a myriad of factors. Have those factors gone away? No. So overdevelopment, a lot of inventory out there, a lot of shadow inventory in the new developments. That's going to be a downward pressure on our market. Logic would dictate that the market's not going to just take off. Um, it's, it's going to be a slow recovery here. Are there elements out there that will help us move along? Yes. If those don't happen, like a vaccine in the next few months here, we're hearing by the end of the year, if that doesn't happen, will that have an effect? Yes. If there's a resurgence in New York, will that have a factor? Absolutely. Um, it could even have a positive effect when we start to reopen again. Who knows? It is very yeah. challenging. Um, but I do think that if we speak in generalities, I think, A, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I'm not going to quantify it because I can't. Me, uh, yeah, but I, do I would agree with you. The number of transactions is going to continue to be very slow. The prices, people want to be, uh, buyers that are going to buy in this market are going to want to be compensated with lower prices in order to do those transactions, generally speaking. So that when the next quarterly figures come out, uh, the Q3 2020 market reports and such, those those numbers are not going to be good based on what we're seeing thus far. That will feed on itself. And that's why I say the market's probably going to, the numbers are going to get worse before it gets better. The press sensationalizes the worst figures out there within New York. So I do think that we're, we're going to see some, some, uh, some dips. It will be, as you mentioned, it's going to be very much uh, dependent on that specific market. It's going to be dependent on that specific apartment. So I don't know. At the end of the day, nobody knows what those quantifiable numbers are going to be, what those 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 statistics are going to be. But I think generally speaking, we're going to see, uh, we are going to see a, a, a consumer slide. And then when it starts to recover, that's the thing is when we really start to get back to it, which in my mind would put us into the spring season of next year, being my first educating guess on a, a hopeful, like very busy market, the market can turn very quickly in terms of just activity because activity breeds activity. And if we see that spring market, if everything goes in our favor with a vaccine, uh, you know, undoubtedly okay. we'll be through the presidential election, which the biggest benefit to getting through that presidential election is the fact that we're not waiting to find out what the next four years is going to look like. 
Um, so that uncertainty will will be gone. Um, and I do think that the, the spring market will hopefully, if those things go in our favor, uh, just in terms of, of, of firming up those particular areas, I do think that we'll see some activity there. But to quantify it is, is an impossibility. Just because we are brokers in New York City, we have relationships globally with brokers. And we have really, really, really good uh, resources and being able to facilitate them if they are contemplating a weekender property or a second home or leaving Manhattan, that we have partners, not only in the tri-state markets, but throughout the country and even globally that we can assist them. And we've been very, very effective in being able to assist our clients, whether they're going to the east end of Long Island or the south of Florida or the New York metropolitan area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or even on the other the, the other side of the country. So, well, especially if somebody's going into a market where they don't have a friend or a family member or something that that has an established relationship Correct. with a, a trusted advisor in Correct. that area. We have other trusted advisors. For we have trusted advisors either there already, or we will help you find one. Because Absolutely. the thing is, I was talking to somebody the other day, old client of mine that I've been with now, uh, gosh, it's been before you and I, 15, 16 years ago. And, That's before the cell phone. And I was, okay. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm teasing you. I I was before the cell phone, but I've been helping. Pilot. I've been helping him figure out. Okay, what's his next move? And and so he said, "Well, what if I want to go to a different market? Like, can how can you uh, can you help me?" And I said, "Well, I'm only licensed in New York State. I really focus on New York City. So I, but what I can do is I can help you find somebody that's going to help you. Um, and we get." A couple of names from other people that we know, whether it's our reload department or what have you, we talk to them. We make sure that we talk to the to the referral agent, um, to the agent that we may refer the business to, and we ask them questions about their market and we get a feel for them, which is easier for us to do to find out. Okay, do they know what they're talking about? Just in terms of of, of their market expertise, etc. Just by us, you know, uh, interacting with them, we can get a sense of do they know what they're talking about, and we can at least help get them into the hands of somebody that we feel confident is going to work in their best interest, etc. If you are a buyer in the market, it is your time to buy, and if you are a seller, we're here to counsel you on how to sell your home because at the bottom, at the, the bottom dollar, it's a market. Supply and demand. Sometimes it will tilt in the side of the sellers. Sometimes it tilts in the side of the buyers. Sometimes it's more even. We don't have control over that, but we're here to help in on both sides of the fence. So with that, I think you are again smashing in your bold orange. Keep wearing that color. It's your color. And it was a wonderful week. We thank you all for watching. Tune in next week where we delve into a new brand new topic. I can't wait. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for Stay watching. Safe and healthy. And most of all, remaining gratitude. There you go. There it is. Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gostaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, 
and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. If you'd like to take a look at our listings, have a property you're thinking of selling, or are wondering if we could help you finally find the perfect place to call home, feel free to reach out. You can email us at info at johnandjonathansellnyc.com or reach out via our Facebook page or Instagram at johnandjonathansellnyc. If you enjoyed today's podcast, consider telling a friend or family member about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts and we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. Subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode and we'll see you next time.